all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with trans, non-binary and disabled writer and editor Jasper Peach on their new book, You'll Make a Wonderful Parent, Advice and Encouragement for Rainbow Families of All Kinds. And I chat to Jasper about the book and how their own experiences of parenthood shape the contents. How understanding, owning and communicating your identity, not only to yourself, but to the world and your children, can make you a better parent. And their advice for emerging writers trying to find their voice within their writing. So in my author adventure this week, not a lot has been happening in the children's and non-fiction sphere. But if you're keen to hear the ups and downs of my top secret writing project for 2023, you can head on over to the Hybrid Author website, hybridauthor.com.au, and sign up for your free author pass, where you'll receive a free 14-page guide outlining what a hybrid author is, the reasons writers go hybrid, tips on how to discover your writing process, publish productively, and get comfortable promoting you and your books, as well as fortnightly musings from me within a newsletter format sharing the process, publishing, and promotion of these top secret projects until release and about hybrid authorship in general I don't share anywhere else. So this week's sponsor is Sanguine Press, my independent publishing imprint. So author fears and how to overcome them and freelance writing quick tips for fast success are under the author linings series which is a series that focuses on supporting the physical and emotional aspects of having a authorship career. These books are in that category so freelance writings for anybody is 60 plus quick tips for anybody starting up a freelance writing business. It touches on business values, mindset, uh, rates of pay, all different things. It's experience, first-hand experience that I have had that I share in this book and author fears and how to overcome them. It's also first-hand experience that I have had through the years, many, many years of writing and putting myself out there as an author and publishing. And the book touches upon confidence, self-doubt genre and craft fears, things like physical fears as well, you know, unsupported people, money, mental health, all sorts of things like that. So these books can be found and bought from me direct in digital formats, ebooks and audio, and that's over at the website hybridauthor.com.au slash books. Jasper Peach is a trans, non-binary and disabled writer and editor. They are passionate about equality, access and inclusion, focused around the dismantling of misplaced shame via storytelling. Their first book, a collection of advice and encouragement for new and prospective queer parents, will be released in March 2023 by Hardy Grant. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Jasper. 
Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, we are absolutely thrilled. Thank you for joining us. Let's start at the beginning. And can you tell us how did you come to be, you know, how did you get in the writing game? Well, I wrote other people's love stories for a bit over 15 years, maybe 17. I was a marriage celebrant. So you get a lot of writing practice doing that for a job. And because I was a broadcaster as well, I really, I didn't like to just send my couples a questionnaire. I wanted to sit down and talk with them and record that conversation so we, I didn't have to take notes so we could really just connect and get to what is the core meaning of, of everything that we're talking about. Why, why are you choosing to get married? You don't have to do that. It's, it's quite a romantic gesture. What does it mean to you? What are you looking forward to? What's your life going to look like, hopefully? So I think for me, writing is about it's about deep listening, whether it's to other people or to your own thoughts. And often there's a few layers of your own thoughts you have to sort of let go of before you can get to the marrow of what's really happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. is an act of self-expression, isn't it? I think that's mm-hmm. how I communicate to the world also. I'm, I always say I'm much better with the written word, you know, rather than talking. But <laughs> mm. wow, so it seems like you've, you've wore many hats and uh, few, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can add author to the list. You have written the beautifully bright book. You'll be a wonderful parent, advice and encouragement for rainbow families of all kinds. Tell us about the book, you know, and how your own experiences of parenthood shape the contents? Well, I think my own experience is being married to a woman and both of us having bodies that could potentially give birth and then having to decide who's going to get to go first. How are we going to do this? Because there's so many different ways to have children. And the way you find out is generally through talking to other people in the community. There weren't a lot of books about how or what it might feel like or um, the experiences you might have. So I guess I wrote I wrote this book because it's the book I was looking for. We started trying to have children probably in 2013 and our first child was born in 2017 and our second in 2019. We we went through IVF, we had a known donor, we tried home insemination before IVF um, for many years and we've got we've had donor agreements. There's so many so many things that are mysterious. There are very few whoopsie babies in the queer community. They're, yeah. they're most often very intentional and and these families are built on on deep thought. So yeah. there's not not a lot when when you obviously made that decision, there wasn't a lot of material out there for either of you mm-hmm. to know which way to go or nothing. Was it more just like articles and things rather than full-length books um, or medical I advice? Mean, or- yeah, sometimes there would be just like a paragraph buried in a book somewhere about ways in our community that we can have children. Really, it was just it was just through conversation in community and I really wanted to capture that because I know how magical that is, Mm. the transference of information, but also emotion. When you're sharing these intimate things with with a friend or whether even if it's someone you've just met, if, if they're in the LGBTIQA plus community, you know, you know, they're a person that you can trust. They are asking you, um, hey, how how can I do this? I need help. You, you know that you can have that interaction and it will be it will be quite beautiful. So I, I just wanted to to capture that in a book form as best I could. It's not really a medical text. It, it's more about the different things that, that can arise along the way. And I wanted that to be something that 
when I walk into a bookshop, I can go, oh, that's me. I'm in this book. I'm represented um, because I know that so many of us, we're just not in many of the texts that are out there. Yeah. So obviously you had that experience yourself and speaking to others in the community, were you finding that was coming up a lot for other people also? Mm. There's this need, there's a gap there that needs to be filled. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how many people have said, oh, I wish this book was here when I was making my family. And as well, I'm so glad this book is here now because I need it and there isn't anything really like it that I can find. Yeah, that's it. And I, your publisher mentioned as well, there's just nothing out there like that. So, And it's just such a gorgeous, bright book. I, I love it. I love the hardback yeah. as well and the way it's kind of laid out. So for yourself, you know, did you always want children? Was children something you always thought about or only when you met your wife and then you started dreaming mm. and talking? That's a great question. I look... I, I'm disabled and I've been um, I've been disabled. I've got a, a energy limiting disability and a chronic pain disability. And when that sort of kicked off in my early 20s, I just quietly took children off my list of life achievements that I thought were possible. And then I met my beautiful wife and we bought a house together back when you could afford to buy houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, long time ago now. Oh, very lucky in terms of timing. And then I don't know. Then she said to me, "I think having children might be the meaning of my life." And I, and I said, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, I don't." And then I had conversations with other disabled people who have children, and it was through those discussions that I, I understood. Th- that it was not only possible, but that it could be incredibly wonderful, not just for me, but for that child or children as well. And the proof is in the pudding. We've got two really well-adjusted, gorgeous, bright, beautiful, funny kids who who they see see a diversity of people and they think nothing of it. It, I think it's a wonderful thing that we have this family. Yeah. So it was really only my my 30s that I thought children would be possible for me in my life. But gosh, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that, um, <laughs> that's been the case. Yeah. Uh, no, that's amazing. I didn't actually think I would ever have kids as either. It wasn't something mm. I thought about, but uh, and my mum had me at 37, which was was sort of older and crazy. But no, it sounds like, you know, your kids, like you said, well-rounded, growing up in a wonderful world. One of the book's main themes is around identity and uh, not just identifying as a parent, but also as a member of the LGBTIQA plus community. How can, you know, understanding, owning and communicating your identity, not only to yourself, but to the world and your children, you know, make you a better parent? Well, they're little teachers, aren't they? These kids, they trust you from the beginning. They know that when you hold them close to you, that no one else will love them like you do. And so it's an honor to have that that love and that trust in return. So I wanted I wanted to make sure that I'm I'm worthy of that. And that means I mean, you know, with kids, you have to show them, you can't just tell them how to think. You have to show them that whoever you are, you are worthy of love and whoever you are, you're worthy of representation and that you are a part of a community that that you're that you're a member of a group and you can be seen for who you are and that's a wonderful thing yeah yeah no I love that I I love how you talk about parenting as well like you know it's an absolute joy an absolute blessing and every day so you know grateful as well and I think what I love about the book it's just it's so encouraging and uh, you know that message would come out I guess if you are owning who you are 
showing your children that they can do the same, you know, then it's all a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, um, I'm i not sure if you know the story of how the book came about, but it's the second in a series. And the first I... one was You'll Be a Wonderful Dad by Elsa Wilde. Oh, okay. No, I didn't actually. Were you commissioned to write it? This well, one? I did a sensitivity read of that book for Elsa Wilde. Right. She's a friend of mine. Mine and she asked me to, to look at it from, from a queer lens. And so I did. And, and I said, Elsa, this book is so beautiful, but there's nothing here for me. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this isn't really a book for my community. And that's okay. You don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. But what I know about you is that you are loving and you have such a diverse range of friends in your circle and family that close to you. I wonder if you could reflect that in your book a bit and and talk about if your children see you loving and being being close and connected with with a diverse a diverse range of people they'll know that whoever they are when they grow up that they'll be loved and um and I guess that came from my you know it's hard to come out when when it's not when you're not in the majority as as a queer person and as a joke I said oh there should be a queer version of this book you should tell your publisher and <laughs> did and they rang me and so I worked on it and worked with the amazing Emily Hart and a whole team of people. There's so many people involved in this book that have made it what it is. It's it really doesn't matter who wrote it. I know I wrote it, but it doesn't matter that it's me. It's yep. it matters that it's here, that it's here for for everyone. Really, yeah, yeah that's amazing. So you didn't ever think that you would write a book on parenting, like no. like what's come out? No, it didn't cross your mind. <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I knew I, I enjoyed writing. And when the pandemic hit, weddings became a little bit dicey. I've got a compromised immune system, but when you go to a wedding, everyone doesn't want to think about COVID. And when you're the celebrant, there's a lot of love coming at you and people want to give you hugs and kisses. And for me, that was a bit stressful. So I thought, oh, it might be time for a change of career and I actually, way before this book happened, I chatted with Elsa about Elsa Wilde. How do you become a writer? And her advice, I still, when anyone asks me, I still pass that on. Keep writing, join or form a writing group and just keep going and you'll see, you'll see what comes out of it. Yeah, no, that's amazing yeah. advice. So you've hung up the celebrant hat no longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I deregistered myself. My annual fee came in and because you need to pay the Attorney General to stay registered as a as a civil celebrant. And my wife said, you need to back yourself. Don't pay it. Just deregister and be a writer. And, oh, and so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I'm doing. And it's it's an incredible, it's an incredible job. It's everything that I loved about all my other jobs. It's about connection and understanding and people. Yeah, no, I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. And you obviously just shared some advice um, what was given to yourself. But I, I found uh, your words in the book are, they're written in a straight talking manner, but they're super strong and encouraging and, and very knowledgeable as well. Uh, do you have any other advice for emerging writers, you know, stepping out mm -hmm. and trying to find voice? Voice is something that's often ta always talked about in writing and something mm -hmm. that people, you know, it took me a, a little while, I guess. Uh, do you have any advice for people looking to find their voice? How do you find your voice? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, how long is the piece of string and where is that can of worms? I, I really think you just need to commit to being real. And if that means admitting you're a giant dork and that you're not cool, <laughs> go with it. 
um, the moment I did that in life, everything was much easier. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's okay to be uncool. I think finding your voice is about really deeply connecting and listening to what is in your heart. And, and that sometimes means identifying the words that you hear that may not necessarily be true. It might be your inner critic. It might be someone who said something nasty to you that stuck with you at the age of six. It might be all sorts. It might be advertising. It might be capitalism. You know, it's it's it might be the patriarchy. It's all these things that creep in and disguise themselves as our own voices, but they're not. You, you need to listen to the quieter voice that's underneath it all. And really support that to grow, whether that's through writing exercises. I really agree with Elsa Wilde's advice to either form or join a writing group. I'm in one at the moment and we meet once a month. We read, we've prepared and read a piece that one of the people in the group is working on and we all give feedback. And gosh, the the pieces end up being so much stronger, but it's often about getting to those deeper layers as yeah. well. That's a, that's amazing. And is, is your writers group, are they all different genres and stuff? Well, we're all queer people. Um, and um, look, like, some like fiction writing, and nonfiction. <laughs> yeah. Some are, some are writing fiction, some memoir, some nonfiction, some are writing on various things, but we just sort of, when it's your turn, we just pick something that's pressing and go, oh, how do I make this better? And it's such a, a welcoming space. I mean, yeah. I was very nervous the first time I brought my chapter um, to the group but gosh it, it made it made the piece so much better and it helped me understand some things about myself I had no idea about as well it was like a therapy session yeah <laughs> yeah yeah writing is kind of like that isn't it yeah I've heard it yeah. well I've found it to be as well cathartic just to make sense of either experience or um mm. you know what you want to say but it's very hard I've found in the writing world there's a lot of conflicting information you know like oh yeah uh so I you know with voice I I, I think it is a self-expression and the way maybe the way sometimes you say things or you see the world and putting your ideas out there and and you know I, I'm I'm finding like what with what I want to write which is a bunch of different stuff you know non-fiction children's fiction women's fiction all over the shop but I'm just enjoying it now and writing what I want to write whereas in the past I've, I've gone around for years trying to change it to what other people would want or like and I, I think that you can spend a lifetime doing that at the end of the day you have to write what you want to write how you mm. want it to be said and find that person who who likes it and wants it like that too I suppose or doesn't mm. want to change it a million times you know yeah Jazz Money the um, First Nations poet and artist gave some great advice in a writing course I did through Varuna Writers House um, about writing the queer self and her advice has always stuck with me and that's that writing is fun don't forget that it's fun and you can really enjoy it and you can be playful if you're feeling stuck just be a bit silly yeah yeah (laughs) um the other bit of advice I think and I don't know if this is just the way my brain works but I I like to work backwards so I think about what's my ultimate goal it might be if you're an emerging writer it might be to have an opinion piece published in a major website on a major website or something so work your way back what are the say you need to come up with 10 steps to get to that what would they be it might be be about connecting with other people. It might be about finessing your craft and doing some short courses or workshops. It might be about reading more. I mean, there's so many different angles that you can come at this from. I would say start with the easy ones to warm up and then really pick a hard one. You know, pick something that you're really scared to do and just do it. It's You'll be so proud of yourself when you've done it. 
Yeah, no, I love that. That's absolutely fantastic advice. Thank you. So with the obviously the book is is making its way out into the world, which is congratulations. That's super exciting. Thank you. What can we expect from Jasper Peach in the future? Obviously, this book, you know, it talks about thinking about obviously parenthood and then going on that journey and, you know, sort of a little bit after. But mm. will there be a sequel, sequel to this book? <laughs> about, you know, now your kids are older and, uh, you, you know, yourself, more challenges arise as the kids yeah. go through different stages. And <laughs> That's a good idea. I haven't thought of that. Um, yeah. I might need to write that on my whiteboard. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've got a yeah, I've got a little to-do list in my in my mind. I've got a shelf on my bookshelf that I'd love to see filled with. I'd like to do a children's book. I've written the first draft of a memoir that I it's currently just sort of marinating there until I can bear to look at it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I'd love to edit oh, what are they called? An anthology of some topic. I think that would be really amazing to work with and support other writers. And also, look, I've got I've got this little project that's bubbling away. I want a beautiful book of photography um, of non-binary fashion and interviews with each person and what that means to them. Oh, I love that. Um, I do like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Non-binary non finery is the title because I love things <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. And <laughs> yeah. there's not, nothing out there like that right now, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. So it might be a blog. I don't know. Who knows what these things will be. But the other thing I'm kind of cooking up is through, I mean, through the years, going to amazing events like uh, Women of Letters and things like that, I'd love to chair a panel of activists and it would be a, a, a roving kind of event every two months and have activists from different, different spaces like um, ending violence against women and children, First Nations, uh, prison, complex horrors, um, uh, climate emergency, disability, and the, the LGBTIQA plus community as well. You can see some really transformative conversations going on. And also, I guess, framing what activism is. This book is a form of activism because mm. the personal is political and being visible when you're a minority in, in various margins, it's it's incredibly political. Like I'm a little bit nervy about, you know, when certain sort of people get their hands on this book and, and see that I'm, you know, I'm actively saying it is a good thing to be a transparent, that some people might have a problem with that. But, you know, we have to do this. We can't just yeah. act like we need to be quiet because... If you don't, the thing for me is I never saw queer people growing up who had families. I didn't know it was possible. And it took me a really long time to get there. It might have been a much simpler thing if it was reflected in the mainstream media. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, well said. And yeah, I could I could understand your um apprehension, I guess, like with backlash and stuff. But I think yeah. it's it, regardless of the content, I think that's just anything anytime you put yourself so out like, it's gonna yes. come back and uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta do it anyway I suppose for sure yeah, yeah I, what arose for me I guess that I didn't think of was queer people obviously trying going out and 
to have babies and and like you said the medical stuff that you're probably given and the books that are out there it is probably just men and women represented in there and so that I just didn't even think of that that made me sort of think of Mm. that experience going in there and then you know it's it's such a Mm. well it's such a life-changing thing anyway and then to feel like you're maybe not being understood or heard or even met in that circumstance with backlash from the medical profession would be very hard as well yeah yeah look that oh there were a lot of things that happened particularly with our eldest care through pregnancy and my wife's care through pregnancy and birth and that oh yeah can you see this being a thing maybe in the future where there might be specific medical professionals that open practices and things mm. for, for the speciality or well the, the thing is the thing about minority communities is we all talk. So when we told a friend of ours about our experience with the initial IVF clinic that we went to, how they kept losing our paperwork, they couldn't answer any questions that we had. Like one of the things was we both needed to get blood tests to be approved to become parents. And I I was just curious and I said, oh, my genetics aren't going into this child. Why why do you need my, my blood tested? Like, I don't mind, but I'm just curious about why. And they couldn't answer the question. They were just like, oh, it's just how it's done. Um, there are a lot of very odd gatekeepy kind of things that are you're just told that's just how it is don't ask questions you're very lucky to be accessing this um oh and yeah <laughs> yeah pol- wait, do you know that you know police check uh part of it as well um yeah it's really really full-on and then a friend of ours said oh no 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 don't go through those guys i've got a really great doctor who's a queer doctor has two children herself and has been where you are so and the moment we we got in on her books which was I think $100 more than the other system everything was so smooth and so she was really able to hold our story and not misplace crucial things or let us know you know at the last minute that something major had to change we all share the numbers of doctors who are good (laughs) (laughs) that's good and they're out there you know they are out there yeah Yeah. that's it yeah it's probably you you probably want to have that experience where you're you are being understood first from someone who first time gets it you know I think yeah Yeah. oh yeah we we saw a doctor when oh gosh this was ages ago before pregnancy was occurring and and he just kept saying who's your specialist who's your specialist that's given you permission to do this because we were just doing home insemination and we kept saying no we're just doing it at home with with how people do which is with a, a syringe without the needle bit and with a specimen cup and the person donates sperm and then you you know they leave it at the door and then they leave you to it and you <laughs> do whatever happens. And he could not get his head around it and kept asking the same question in five different ways. But who's your specialist? I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's maybe maybe in medicine, I'm not sure as well. It's been like mm. maybe a grey area for, for a while yeah. that they need to review mm. their processes and policies and procedures and really this is yeah, where your book could make a change. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's a lot of othering that goes on in any kind of medical interaction for a queer person. It's risky. You don't know who you're going to walk in and see often. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of women who are in relationship with other women will be asked, but who's your husband? And then they have to, you know, have that vulnerable moment of, well, do I disclose that I'm gay? How is it going to go down? Are they going to give me the same level of care if they know this about me? And that, 
like even now in 2023, that's still a thing. And so um, take it down the path of actually conceiving a child, going through a pregnancy and a, and childbirth and postnatal care. It's There's so much vulnerability in that to be in a system that can be quite othering is really scary, really scary. It can be quite discriminatory. The information could be out of date. It's a very scary thing, but it can be great as well. It yeah. can be great. Um, and the way that it's great is that we, as I said, we all talk to each other and go, oh, talk, go see this person because they were really good in this way. Avoid this person because I had this negative experience with them. It's, you know, it's kind of kind of how it goes. Yeah, that, that's amazing yeah. that you have that community at least to um, support yeah. one another and fall back on because, yeah. be, you know, yourself becoming a parent is, is such a scary thing and it's such a life-altering yeah. thing to not only have that added stress on top about all those, you know, things that you just mentioned there is, um, can't imagine. A lot. <laughs> yes, yes. Lot, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm guessing all worth it in the end with the lovely oh, children yeah. that you have. Yeah. yeah, we've got these great kids. And any, I guess any, any hardships that we went through, we can use those stories to protect other people, yes. to share those. It's not to dwell on hard times or to, to really, you know, harp on about things. It's more like, oh, just be careful of this situation because this happened and I felt really um, on the outer or I felt like I didn't belong or that I wasn't valued. If you talk to this person, you might have a different experience than I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. it. Or or make a change in that area from your experiences yeah. as well. So yep. yeah. But it sounds like you're using yeah. your voice for uh terrific use, Jasper. And uh, we absolutely love the book, and I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you so much for your time and expertise. Can you tell our listeners where they can discover you and you know your book on in store and online? <laughs> thank you so much. So the book is out through Hardy Grant. So it should be in most bookstores. If it's not, please ask your bookstore to order it in. I've got a really easy name to remember. Just think of the fruit that looks like a butt. Um, <laughs> you'll be a wonderful parent, Jasper Peach. Um, ask your library to get it because I, I think it will be it'll be a handy resource for a lot of people. But it's out through Hardy Grant. My Instagram and Twitter handle are the same. They are both at Jasper Peach Says. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Jasper. That was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, there you have it, folks. The gorgeous words from Jasper Peach. Their book is beautifully bright, hardback edition, which will make a great gift for any expectant or want-to-be rainbow families out there. Next week on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we keep the conversation going around Jasper's book with their Hardy Grant publisher, Emily Hart, chatting about the publishing process for You'll Make a Wonderful Parent, advice and encouragement for rainbow families of all kinds, as well as current gaps in the market. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.